Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to another Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. This is Gavin Pickin. I'm a software consultant for Order Solutions, and today is October 15th, 2019. How's it going, Andrew? Good, good, Gavin. How are you doing? Pretty good. So Andrew is a senior developer for InLeague LLC. Uh, we're happy to have him back. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, I had to take a little hiatus here, and I'm uh, glad to be back. Cool, cool. So let's get into the news now. So uh, if you didn't catch up last week... Uh, online cold fusion meetup which is a, a cf user group that's been online for a long time charlie Earhart's just spun it back into high gear again so there's hundreds and hundreds of these uh, online they did one last week and another one's coming up here this uh not this week the uh, next week thursday october 24th with our buddy pete freitag yeah pete's gonna be talking about uh, approaches to more secure uh cold fusion code and um, anybody who knows Pete knows um, he is kind of synonymous with uh, cold fusion and security and um, definitely can uh, point out any vulnerabilities that you have in your code and uh, give you some pointers on um, you know, better approaches to um, securing your code. So uh, yep. I definitely encourage everyone to check that out. Um, yeah, it's, I've sat it's... in some of his other sessions and all and just, just by sitting in those, um, if you've never been to any of his meetings definitely check this uh meetup out yeah i mean it's scary how something as simple as a jpeg uploader can crash your server <laughs> so he'll show you all sorts of crazy stuff that you wouldn't believe you know why you shouldn't tr trust mime types and and stuff like that there's, there's a lot of cool stuff and i think this was this might be based on a CF Summit one. If not, it's very similar to some of his presentations. So uh, it'll be a good one. And if you did miss last week's or any of the other ones or can't, cannot make it to this one, they are available online. Um, so if you go to the meetup.com slash meetup, you'll see them there. And uh, Charlie has all the links to it from his site, which is careheart.org. Um, and if you're interested in speaking, he's looking for speakers. The reason that we haven't had as many lately is that speakers got busy and just weren't willing to step up and, and sort of present for the long time. We had one every week for years. I mean, years, they have 200 plus, uh, um, meetups on there. So if you're looking to be a speaker, um, Charlie has a blog, uh, which basically the come speak up, come speak at the CF meetup It's a FAQ for speakers. So if you're not sure if you can or should speak, um, you can look at that on kehart.org. There's a blog post outlining it. So, um, yeah, and those uh, that link will be in the show notes as well for everyone that's uh, listening. Yep. So if you go to meetup.com/coldfusionmeetup, you can see all the history and and all the upcoming ones too. And yeah, if you did speak at one of the conferences at Into the Box or CF Summit, you know, put your hand up, get in line, and uh, present because that way they get to live forever. Because you know, not all the conferences share their their you know their videos and stuff, and um, it's nice to get out there and share it with a, a bigger audience. So yeah, definitely, and it's all and it's helping the community out, keeping uh, the community uh, alive and growing. So yep. uh, definitely encourage, uh, you know, if that's kind of your forte, hey, man, jump in there on it. Um, yep. Seriously, that'll be my forte, but um, hey, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, and it's it's good practice too. If you're you know if you want to present it, a you know a user group or a conference, and you're a little bit scared or you want some extra practice. This is good too, you know, and get some feedback and everything. And the coolest thing about it is that you're not staring at a you know fifty or hundred people in the crowd. You're just presenting to your computer screen, just like we're talking right now. And so it's actually easier. You know, you don't have to worry about it. You can't get that feedback from the audience, but at least you don't get so scared too. So if you're wanting to work your way up into presenting conferences, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, maybe this will, uh, maybe I ought to uh, jump in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I won't choke next time. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, what else uh, do we have as far as news, Gavin? Well, uh, looks like MongoDB has a uh, Lucy extension uh, released. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so we've been talking about this MongoDB Lucy extension for a couple of weeks because we know we've been working on it. It's been real close and it's finally being released. It's been cut as 1.0. So now if you guys would like to use MongoDB, um, the Lucy extension that Autis provides is available. And so you can basically just install that in your Lucy admin. And now you'll have access to use uh, MongoDB for your uh, your extensions and your caching. So uh, it's pretty yeah. cool if you want to distribute your sessions, et cetera, over a cluster. Um, you know, this is a great setup. And of course, we have the Redis one through that we released not too long ago. And then we have the Couchbase one as well. So this is a commercial, um, you know, professionally supported one. So there is a cost to it. But as we mentioned before, um, you know, all the support that's there, the updates are available. And, you know, if you spend a few hours trying to do it yourself, it more than pays for itself. So um, now, now you have the option if you're looking at Lucy, you got the Mongo, the Redis, or the Couchbase. So, uh, and if there's a another caching server out there that you want to use, let us know. Maybe we'll uh, we'll check out other customers, and if there's enough support, we can you know try and work on that one too. But yeah, and so um, with this uh, extension here, um, you can use it for other things instead of just uh, distributed cache and all. Correct, just any kind of NoSQL. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just it just gives you access to it. So, you know, um, nice. as Lucy, if you set that up as a, a cache inside Lucy, you can use the, you know, the the cache dot, you know, put and set, uh, you know, gets all the normal Lucy uh, references, but also with cache box on top of it, you can get all the abstractions as well. So one of the reasons we love uh, cache box is that in production mode, you can be pointing at your MongoDB server, for example. But when you're local, you can say, hey, I don't want to have a MongoDB running locally. And so instead of having to recode everything to work with Mongo, Cashbox can just point at your RAM storage when you're local. And then when you push it out to staging and production, then it chooses the right, you know, nice. the right server. And Cashbox abstracts all the different function calls to a set of, you know, from an interface. So they're all the same. So you don't have to worry about like, wait, does Mongo use put or does it use set var or don't worry about that. Cashbox can you know abstract that away for you, and then it's easy enough to do. And cfconfig makes it easy. You just say, okay, in production, use this cfconfig file, and dev will use this cfconfig file, and all the settings changes needed. So nice. Uh, and yep. to remind me, I need to ask you some questions about the Redis extension too, about um, expiring the um, uh, the tokens there, but. Um, Enough of the uh, Lucy extensions there. That's uh, and that'll be available um, at OrderSolutions.com because it is a commercial uh, product. So if you guys are interested, definitely go check that out. Yep, Links you can read more on the blog the there show. if you want to yeah. find out more about what it does and how it works. Yeah. So, man, I love Lucy. How about you? Yeah, Lucy's pretty cool. The movie's pretty cool. The song's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Ego, one of the the lead developers for for Lucy, has been uh, presenting at a different conference. So this is one we don't normally talk about. 
Apache Con. Yeah, Apache Con. I've never, uh, for one, I've never heard of it. Um, and um, obviously, I've heard of Apache, and it kind of makes sense that it's going to be an Apache conference. And um, so, what all was he talking about there? Just the. Yeah, so I mean, he's basically just talking about, and you know, I love Lucy, um, talking to, um, in the Tomcat track, because Lucy by default runs on Tomcat, just like Adobe Cold Fusion does. They have their own flavor of Tomcat. But he was talking about, you know, Lucy, how it's a rapid application development platform, you know, with application server, language, et cetera, framework, all built on top of the JVM with Tomcat. And so it was pretty cool to see, you know, a talk outside of, you know, the Cold Fusion conferences talking about Cold Fusion. So that's actually up on YouTube. We have a link in the show notes for that. Um, and so, yeah, that was at ApacheCon 2019 and it's yeah. available online. So, you know, go check it out. And, you know, it's just kind of cool to see it out there. So we wanted to make sure everybody yes, definitely. knew about it. I agree. It's good. It's good seeing uh, Cold Fusion pop up in, in other conferences. Um, I like yeah. it. I know that Dev Nexus is another one that uh, Brad and Luis go to a lot, you know. So they've right. been talking about Cold Fusion, Command Box, etc. You know, showing everybody why our tools are better uh, at Dev Nexus the last couple of years. And I'll tell you what, Dev Nexus has got some pretty cool shirts for the speakers. Brad's, <laughs> Brad's rocking his uh, Dev Nexus uh, his handle? speaker shirt. Is that the one with the Twitter handle? Uh, it does have the Twitter handle on the shoulders, yep. But it's, all, it's cool, though, because it's like a baseball shirt. It's a really cool baseball style shirt and it's got a baseball cap that goes with it but it's black it's just it looks really cool so anyways sounds but, uh, like some fun swag hey speaking of fun swag gavin yep it is now october and you know what that means that means it's time to go earn one of your shirts boom hacktoberfest this right hey. here this shirt um many of you probably if you've seen me uh, on here or any pictures anywhere in those who know me personally I wear the snot out of this shirt here. Um, kind of like I wear my, um, all my cold fusion shirts. Um, uh, but it's Hacktoberfest and Hacktoberfest is, um, it's open to everyone uh, globally and whether you're a developer, student, learning to code, event host, company, any size, whatever you are, you can contribute. And all you really have to do is submit four of the four pull requests on any, um, open source, uh, project. And it qualifies you to, um, get their t-shirt swag and yeah. um and i was joking around you know hey we like we like documentation here right Gavin? yep <laughs> why don't we call it doctoberfest and for anybody who doesn't feel like submitting code or if you like me and work on a private project you don't really have time to submit code on you know a lot of open source projects but there's always room for documentation so if you see something you want to tag in a document man tag it make a pull request four simple pull requests get your free t-shirt um and some like sticker swag i got my laptop covered in sticker swag because that's the thing to do now right and um i've yep. got my doc hacktoberfest uh swag over there somewhere so yeah um i just got an email too they've already had one hundred ninety-two thousand pull requests and it's only like the first week and a half of october when they sent this email so one hundred ninety-two thousand pull requests already so, so probably I mean, up to a quarter million at least now yeah so i mean a lot of people are sending more than you know just their their four and you know as long as it's not flagged as invalid it qualifies and so i accidentally already got my four so i'm already getting a shirt for this year you know and a couple of them were just little little bugs i fixed on something a little documentation um fix like you said it doesn't take much 
Um, so anyway, it's pretty cool. You can find out more at hacktoberfest.digitalocean.com. They partnered up with uh, Dev.2 this year, so you can probably find some good posts there. Um, but yeah, jump into any of our Git books. I mean, if you go to autistbooks.com, there's a Git book for everything Autist, and there's a huge amount of stuff there. And so if you go look, any of those that have any you know typos or whatever, you can make a pull request in GitHub easily. And that's what yeah, you, you need can to do, do it directly in GitHub. You don't even have to, to do a regular pull and, and yeah. get and push and all yeah. that. So the UI is yeah, really definitely. good. And yeah, so everybody can be rocking these cool shirts. Um, and then, yeah, Pete Freitag just sent a message saying he's got a few issues he tagged with Hacktoberfest on the CF Docs GitHub repo right now. And he has a good blog post too on his site. And we mentioned it last week. And I'll make sure we add it to the show notes as well. But basically, you know, he put a little how to and best practices for working with pull requests. So that way, the busiest time of the year for Pete, which is Hacktoberfest, you know, doesn't get out of hand. So, you know, make sure that you follow the conventions of the, the repo you're working with. But, you know, uh it's great. yeah let's let's definitely don't forget cfdocs.org um because, yeah totally uh, uh i use it uh, i think we all use it and uh there's there are some um areas uh like you had mentioned here but areas uh that can use some more examples so if you see something that doesn't have an example just because you know how it's done if you got a little bit of time to kill uh pop it in there and uh you know help the community out uh, we, we would all definitely appreciate that because um, I'm not gonna tell you how many times I've racked my brain over something so simple just because um, it, it wasn't actually in the documentation. And uh, yeah, quick little doc help somebody out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the big thing is you know just help the community and you get a free T-shirt out of it, you know, and they'll ship it to wherever you're at, and uh, it's it's definitely definitely good. And it's it's pretty easy to get started with CF Docs too, you know it. It has some simple um, things on the contribute button. There's a little how to, but you know, he has some good examples of how to get started. And those Hacktoberfest ones he's tagged already should make it good to get started. So, you know, help out a community project, fix some documentation, you know, change something here and there and, you know, make the world a little bit better. And that's the whole idea with Hacktoberfest is getting people out there, making the world a better place, you know? And if there's something yep. that you're passionate about, they have a whole bunch of projects that you can support, which aren't Cold Fusion related, you know, there's documentation, um, there's testing you can do, there's a whole lot of cool stuff out there, so. Yeah, and also uh, for anyone who um, is not using GitHub, we're not gonna do any um, repo shaming or, or anything like that, but it is a good opportunity for you to get in there, uh, make some pull cool requests, get comfortable with it, um, without having to worry about what you're doing so much other than just editing a document. So um, if yeah. you've never submitted a pull request before for anything on GitHub, man, give it a shot. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to Gavin or myself and be glad to give you a little quick um, how-to. And I'm sure there's some easy um, yeah, you know, how-to how videos. On. Yeah, I'm doing it. And I'm not going to lie, my first pull request and all that I had done was kind of uh, hectic. And then I realized, oh, it's really pretty simple so um uh don't be afraid yep exactly so this is a good way to start and you know github now that microsoft took over and they made all the private repos freely available and stuff a lot more people can use it uh you know they've always tied into stuff like travis and circle ci for your builds but now they have their own um github um what are they calling github hooks or something there's a new build process that they're releasing as well so if you're using bitbucket you know the pipelines or whatever they've got their own thing they're building out too so 
that's a pretty cool product. But anyways, wear your free shirt and hopefully coming to into the box next year, we can all be showing off our Hectober goodies. So did you say get your free what? Your free shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on this week? I know we're on to conferences. We, we beat conferences to death. And we're kind of wrapping up things. But right now, there's two conferences going on. Um, well, there's training right now in India. So Luis just landed in India. So he's got a sold-out boot camp there. So um, that's uh, 16th and 17th. So the next two days, he's going to be there. He's got, a, you know I think, about 15 people. So it's as many as we could support. Um, and it's going to be a great workshop. Those of you who didn't make it, uh, you know, let us know that you want another one. We'll, we're willing to come back. I mean, uh, we're, we're really excited to see the good turnout. And I know that Adobe at CF Summit announced that they're doing the CF Summit India again. So those who are in the Indian area, you know, they can uh, try and make it to the Adobe CF Summit as well in India, which I think is happening later in the year. I think in December, um, possibly. Um, has but, uh, has has Luis uh, talked about um, running a? Uh, I probably should mention, but has he talked about running a boot camp or training alongside the Adobe one, or is that still up in the air? I'm not sure yet. I mean, if we have the demand, so if you didn't get to go to the boot camp uh, and you wanted, you know, want us to come back, let us know, and then yeah, maybe that's something we could do. Uh, I know that we didn't attend the Adobe CF Summit India last year, um, but it's something that you know it's a possibility. So yeah, it could um, be possible. And those of you who are, if you are attending, uh, you know, good luck. Hope you guys enjoy it. It's a great, uh, it's a great workshop. It's the zero to hero, the one I, I teach this one a lot. And we had a great time in Vegas. So hope you guys get a lot out of it and let us know. Give us your feedback. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear how that goes. But also on the other side of the world. Yeah. So the other side of the world, I don't know if it's going to be in two days or one day or uh, however many days. What's well, the UTC time of this? But October 17th and 18th, um, uh, and in Germany, SCF camp, and uh, everybody's getting prepped and, and ready for that now. And then the pre-conference workshops are going on too. So Brad and Eric were actually doing their workshop today. So Brad yes. is doing the Hero to Superhero API edition. And then uh, Eric Peterson is there, and he's doing his BDD test box training. And so they've got a, a nice small group there. So they're going to be learning a lot in these uh, next two days. So the uh, 15th and 16th is their pre uh, pre-conference workshops from Audis. And then the conference is 17th and 18th. So there are still some tickets available. If you guys want to get your tickets for the conference, it's last minute. But if you're in the area, you could. And there are some pre-conference workshops that are just one-day workshops too. So if you missed today, uh, there is a pre-conference workshop tomorrow. And for that, we have uh, you know, a preside conference. And there's a, a elastic stack for centralizing your logs. And there's also a get into Linux, which is just a half-day one. So if you want to get up to speed on Linux, um, all that information is available cfcamp.org. So, oh, and what I've what I've gathered, I, I haven't attended CF Camp, but from talking with everybody, CF Camp is a little bit more um, kind of I would say advanced uh, and more specialized. Well, I would say specialized, but more advanced, um, in depth um, trainings and workshops and the whole conference uh, in general. Um, Especially over CF camp. Summit, yeah, and yeah, and, yeah, because it's not a, it's not really you know addressing the masses; it's addressing you know. Um, the next level, yeah, for sure. The next level. That's the word I was going for. Yep. Level up. 
Exactly. And Into the Box is the same way too. CF Summit has so many people that have never been to a conference before. You know, they hit over 250 this year that were never been to a conference before. So Into the Box and, you know, and CF Camp really dive into a little more. Uh, and so they're great conferences. I'm hoping I can uh, make it work for next year as well. I'd like to make it out there. Hey, why don't we just hop on a plane and go now? We could make it, right? <laughs> we could. Pretty well, jet lagged, we, but Hey, why don't we just hop in Ordis 1 and see how far we go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it floats that well. Uh, hey, you know, it was worth a shot, right? Yep. So anyway, uh, CF Camp is pretty cool. Um, later on, we're going to talk about one of the tweets that were released by the Lucy server. Actually shows some of the videos from last year's sessions are available on cfcamp.org. So if you can't make it, but you want to see what was there last year, uh, we have a link later on that you can check out for checking out some of those videos. So see what you missed. And yeah, let's start planning for next year and make 2020 an even bigger CF camp there. They've had to upgrade their, their venue over the last few years because they keep growing. So that's a pretty cool sign. Uh, and this is their 10th anniversary. So good luck. Everybody enjoy the conference. Travel safe. And yeah. Well, yeah, have a beer for me. Or two. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So let's talk about some blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Yeah, let's do it. So, so uh, Michaela Light is at it again. Michaela from uh, Terra Tech and Charlie are talking about the uh, Cold Fusion 2020 um, of this uh, latest CFL Out podcast, and we have a link to that for you. Um, were you able to uh, chime in on that one, Gavin? Did you get to, to watch any of it? I watched a little bit. I mean, it's it's basically building on top of you know the keynote, and obviously uh, Michaela had an interview with uh, I think Rashif. Um, no, not Rashif. Uh, Aguirre. Uh, a few weeks back as well on 2020 you know things so i know charlie's you know talking about i think more about some of the deployment stuff here but there's a lot of cool stuff coming out in 2020 and we're getting bits and pieces the keynote talked about some of it and so um we're just they're just discussing that so i have to watch the rest of it i, I did start watching a little bit but that was just a, a very recent release so but uh you know charlie's a great community member and keeps you know up to date on all this stuff so I'm, i always want to hear what he has to say so that's yeah see the live podcast does a lot of good content so you know a lot of interviews there yep and uh i, I tell you what i like your charlie uh, does a lot with adobe cold fusion um you know, you, you may hear us talking uh, a lot about Lucy and all, but, you know, honestly, without Adobe, um, you know, hanging in there and, and doing what they have to do on the corporate side of things for the government contracts and things, um, you know, it would probably make it a lot difficult for all of us to be in cold fusion still. Um, so uh, still do appreciate uh, everything Adobe does uh, as well as Lucy. Yep. So, yep. Wouldn't sure. be here without you guys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, so there's the, the next on our list is that tweet from uh, CF Camp. And so I think that came out actually this morning, but if you go to cfcamp.org slash videos.html, you'll be able to see those, you know, so uh, it's a good number of links there. So we link to the tweet and as well to the videos themselves. So you can uh, go check that out. Um, so yeah, so I'll probably be watching a few because I'll be here wondering what are they doing over there? Missing out FOMO, Brad and Eric and Jorge from Audis are having a lot of fun over there, uh, working hard. Yeah, hopefully they're working hard. I saw Brad on Facebook earlier. I wonder how hard he's working. Yeah, well, he did have a cool little vacation on the way. He stopped by London and Paris and got a lot of pictures of his, uh, a lot of cheese because Brad loves his cheese. But <laughs> his <laughs> daughter's cheese. pretty photogenic. She likes to pose and they're having a good time. So, but fun's over. That's he's awesome. at CF uh, Camp working hard now. No, fun's over for Brad. The family's <laughs> still having a fun time. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Good stuff. All right, next up, we have uh, Ben Nadell uh, talking about building a simple Redis key st- uh, scanner. Wow. Yeah, so he was talking about at work, he had this uh, 7 gigs of memory being used by 14 million keys, and it was kind of hovering and not changing. He was like, that doesn't sound right. So he basically, uh, you know, looked through some, built some little code to make his own little key scanner. He said it only took him a few hours, and so it's kind of a nice little walkthrough of how he did it. So if you guys are, you know, looking at, uh, you know, working with Jitus, which is the the Redis uh, Java library to to work with Redis, and we use that inside of the the Redis uh, extension for Lucy, and also I think the normal there's another extension on uh, for Lucy Redis, um, which I believe uses that same thing. So um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Look through it and pretty cool that he yeah made this little key scanner right there and it wasn't too complicated you know like pretty pretty cool little code and that's some of the power you know tying into the jvm you can really jump down and, and do that so right but yeah absolutely we also had a, a blog post from the one of the guys at the mirror team and he, the t- the title is there's no such thing as a mirror developer so yeah, just, I, I can probably attest to that yeah it's, I mean, um, basically, it talks about how people get, you know, like to sort of box themselves into a technology or even a framework, you know, because basically Mirror is a framework product. You know, it's a CMS, probably the most popular CMS in, in Cold, uh, Cold Fusion right now. Uh, Content Boxes, Audis is one, which, you know, uh, we have a lot of customers using, but Mirror is probably the most popular, unless there's a lot of blog CFCs out there still. Uh, <laughs> they're, probably, they're, they're probably still a lot of blog CFCs. But, um, and uh, I can attest to this here, um, not without speaking into too much information, because uh, it's uh, you know under hidden under NDA. But um, we have actually um, utilized just regular front end developers for making your themes. Um, so you know once they're able to you know get a site together, um, with just a little bit of training, uh, we were able to get um, you know a non fusion developer to create a mirror theme from us for us just from their you know basic front end. So. Yeah, um, I'm not a, sure if that's 100% what this blog is talking about, but I have a good inkling that that um, that that's what it is talking about. It's just yeah. breaking up bits and pieces of the code in order to allow you know uh, the application to generate what you want on the fly. So yeah, I mean, it, it talks a little bit about some of the the cool things they've done in Mira, you know, and uh, I, I do like a lot of their their features and. You know, but basically talking about how we're as you know we're web developers. We're not. I'm not a content box developer or a cold box developer. Or I'm I'm a software developer. You know, I have to work with databases and you know server languages and JavaScript and have to worry about builds and you know style sheets and and everything else. It's not just one thing. You know, so don't box yourself in. You know, um, but yeah, it was kind of good. Like I say it does overview some of the things in Mira, but it also does give you some some sort of just general understanding of you know as developers you know we do a lot of cool things and a lot of complex things but uh yeah don't box yourself in so so yep um all right also what else uh let's see we had a blog here another blog by uh pete freitag um counting ip addresses in a log file and um basically what he says here he's been using grep searching through files on linux and mac for years but one thing that didn't working recent was a dash O flag, which uh, tells grep to only output the matched patterns instead of the line match pattern. So Pete's got a blog on that that allows you to, uh, to do that there. Um, yep. No, that, that's pretty cool. I, I've used grep a lot too. I'll tell you what, working with mail, 
you know, mail mailbox. Oh my gracious! Oh, I'm yeah. so glad that Gmail come around. I, my clients, man, yeah, Gmail's I, something else. I just can't stand dealing with mail logs anymore. For sure, I'm getting old and grumpy. I guess and just yeah, mail logs are never fun. Um, but yeah, so it's just a cool little thing, and you know, there's a million little, you know. Little ways of and, doing it yeah exactly and this is pretty neat yeah so. what he's basically what he's doing here is he's grepping to find that you know a pattern of an ip address and then what he's doing is he's also piping and telling to sort so it sorts it you know basically grouping it and then he's just piping in there the, the unique uh command which will do a count so it'll tell you how many times this ip address was in the log so if you yeah. have somebody that is um constantly you know um, with a failure or anything it just allows you to see how many failed attempts on the IP address. Um, so that there definitely comes in handy, um, especially if you're um, like at CF camp and you're going through the, uh, the Linux um, little workshop there. Um, this will probably be a little, um, little command or something that can help you out. So, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So uh, it was another blog post here by Michaela light and it was actually posted on the, ColdFusion, Adobe.com blog, as well as the Teartech blog. Uh, and so it was pretty much a, a marketing piece, I think. You know, it's it's the Adobe ColdFusion comprehensive guide, more powerful, more modernized, more alive. And so, you know, if someone's asking you why you're using ColdFusion, this would be the perfect thing to see. And so it gives you a little, you know, history about what ColdFusion is, how it works, how it's modern now, and and everything else. So, you know, it's probably not for us developers. We know what ColdFusion is. We don't need to read it. But it's one of those blog posts that might be good to give to customers if they're, you know, wondering why you're using it or, or whatnot. So, um, yeah, so yeah. Or if people, if people just want to start an argument about ColdFusion, <laughs> just send them a link to this, and then you don't have to bother with your time just get on to writing code again. Right. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for this, these kind of articles. Um, we ought to keep like a, a bookmark of like, call it cold fusion ammo, right. For people who are just talking crap, just send them a link to all these and they can just, that sounds like a new category for Charlie Earhart's four one one his info section. Boom, Charlie yep. info. We're going to call it the, uh, cold yes. fusion ammo. CFML is not dead ammo. <laughs> yeah. We can put all these little things. So, yep. Sounds good. And we can use some emojis too. I got a few we can use in there for them. So. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. So next up, we got Matt Clemente, who was a speaker at CF Summit into the box this year. And uh, he talks about, I guess he learned when you generate the XLSX files with CFML, there's an easy way to reduce the file size. If you don't change this little thing in the code, he said the spreadsheet size can be huge. So it can be a, a big difference. So... And isn't um, that because XLSX is uh, an XML-based version? Yeah, so XLS usually yeah. is um, pretty simple. Like, you know, most people work with CSVs because they're tab or comma-separated, you know, files, and mm -hmm. you save an Excel. But, yeah, when they change to XLSX, it becomes an XML document, and so very different. And we all know XML is loaded like a fat pig. Yep. And so, so yeah, there's just a few little flags. And so he says it's basically him regurgitating some documentation, but kind of interesting. If you work with XLS, X files and, you know, like I love his humor. I love his humor. Yeah. No, he's a good guy. I had a lot of fun catching up with him, uh, at CF summit as well. So I didn't, I didn't get to speak with him. I saw him, but I was, uh, out and about and, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
So that's one of the reasons I love the conferences, get to catch up with all these people, and um, I can't wait to see him again into the box next year. He's oh yeah, year. I met I met a um I met a fan I met a fan of the show. Uh, I wonder if he's in here today. Uh, I can't see the, the chatters in here, but hey man, if you're in here, thanks. I got I think I got a selfie with you, so that was cool. I felt like I was somebody, but uh, yeah, somebody important. Different. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for once, it felt felt good for a second. Yeah. Yeah, well, we all, we of all CF... need, need that on the little pat on the back. Yeah, so yeah. CF Summit 2019 presentation files are here. Is that correct? Yep. So uh, Keyshore from Adobe released the the blog post. It's got like 28 of the sessions with all the presentation files, so the slides and uh, document uh, the GitHub repos, etc. So uh, if you didn't make the sessions, you can try and work off the slides. Some people have pretty uh, meaningful slides. Um, if not. Um, yeah if not then um you know just do what you can hopefully they'll be presented at the cf online user group but um yeah a lot of great documentation there you've probably seen all the tweets all over twitter like hundreds of them people posting all their slides but they're all in one place now so make it easy for you so that's on the coldfusion.adobe.com blog there so cf summit 2019 yeah my fan here was mark i didn't mean to didn't mean to interrupt you i thought you were about to wrap it up mark uh, Bakken's, I'm not going to go there. Uh, Mark was, yeah, uh, he was the one that uh, I met and liked the show. And yeah, it feels good, you know, because we're getting on here talking about stuff that um, we think is interesting. And we just, it's nice to know that, you know, people appreciate it. So, but that's, you're right. I didn't get a selfie with you because I had actually, that's where I got a selfie with Eric in our Hacktoberfest shirts. And you were right there. So, um, yeah. That's what I was thinking about selfies. In all fairness, your phone was pretty much dead at that point. So, <sighs> everything yeah yeah <laughs> that's you're that's what happens when you're using your backup 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 phone right that's my this is my third backup exactly like all i have here's here's all my phones like well there's two of them that i have and they're all just dead yeah it's time for time for a new one so yeah. all right enough of that garbage me jack in here we have another vlog from zach spitzer on the uh lucy image extension and yes. um, you're going to tell me about this one because um, it says we got support for CMYK images. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, over time, the CMYK images never seem to work with most of the Adobe, um, you know, image tag stuff. I'm not sure if the 2018 supports it in 2016, but I know in the long, the old days, I used to have to create uh, a separate little plugin. I used to use the CF image DLL in the old days and then the image oh, yeah. magic. You I know, love image magic to this day. Yeah. So, but, um, the Lucy image extension has been updated cause it's modular. So the image is, is actually an extension. So it's pretty cool. And so this one supports, uh, CMYK images. Um, and then the CF image right to browser ignores what height and width bug was fixed. And there's a, you know, a proportional change for image resize and a couple other things. So there's a blog post on the dev.lucy.org blog about that release there. So uh, thanks, Zach, for sharing that. It's hard to keep up with all those Lucy changes because they keep them flying out. So Yeah. And I, I think this is really cool, too, because the fact that it has CMYK support um, actually is good for anybody in the print business and all. So if you're wanting to build an online application that uh, you're going to send to a printer or anything like that, I mean, this is huge. Um, I remember back in the day, and I say back in the day, we're talking about like 99 and 2000, um, back when um, Flash was kind of, yeah, anyway, we were rendering certificates. Um, it was called for Cherished Mothers. It was basically like a, um, you know, just honoring your mother and, and printing a certificate out. And it was really cool because it was web-based, right? And, you know, back in the day, you had to have print shop. And um, 
it was a nightmare doing a lot of things and sending it to the printer to work. So um, not that the issue was CMYK, but it was still a, a print job uh, from the web um, many, many moons ago. Yeah. So, well, I remember people would upload pitches to my content management system. I had in the old days and it was CMYK. And if you try and do an image resize on that, you just get a black square. <laughs> That's oh, all yeah. it did. So, yep. It's kind of cool. But anyway, an update's out there, so that's all good. Yep. And uh, Ben Adel has another blog post here. Uh, this is kind of a cool one. It's a thought experiment about splitting up a single table into high writes and high reads for better performance in MySQL. So that's something you don't really think about when you're working as a developer. You know, you know your, your server's not getting hit hard because it's just local. And when things scale, though, you got to think about things differently. And so Everything's and this, exponential. Yeah, so, you know, when, when you're writing to a table and reading from a table, you've got to be, you know, concerned with locks. And if this table's getting hit hard, then that's going to interfere. So something as simple as a user access, uh, you know, timestamp, um, basically on a user table, every time they access something or whatever, you can flag that they, they access it. So that means every time someone's doing something, you're updating that user and that, that time. And so what Ben talked about is that if he pulls that user timestamp out of that table. Okay, so you have a user table, and then you have another table with a one-to-one -one relationship. You can write to that user, you know, update table, and just update that timestamp every time. It's in a separate table. So when you read from the user table, you're not getting any locking because it's updating that record in another table. You know, something as simple as that can make a huge difference to your performance. So he talks it through, and he, you know, like they had an architectural meeting about it. And so that's where, uh, where they discussed and everything. So it was pretty cool. So, you know, so anything, yeah. basically anything that has a lot of high, high write access on was moving it out so that it didn't affect the read because of the lock. Interesting. Uh, you know, I hadn't thought of that, but, uh, I definitely see the logic, uh, and the flow behind that. So, yeah. I mean, the other thing too was, yeah, the other thing was too, like, he's like, you know, they did certain things over time to, you know, improve the situation. And it, you know, it keeps getting worse. Like they were only updating it after like every minute or so for the last update, because you don't need to update it all the time. Then it was every five, then every 10, then they were caching stuff in the session. So they wouldn't have to go get the user as often, you know, just things like that. And that um, sounds to me more like it was probably just choking up on, on memory too. Um, yeah. just cause it knew it was potentially going to lock it and it may, may have been stored more in memory than it needed to as well. So by changing the, you know, the approach, you know, I wouldn't say manipulating, but working around the constraints. How about that? Yep. And so it was just like interesting, it. you know, and when things scale, like, you know, something to be considering. So anyway, it was just interesting. So I wanted to share that. Ah, I, see. I like that whole mind shift. That's really cool. I like it. Yep. And so we it's have, not like, it's not like I need to give up with Ben. We need to have some, uh, some late night, uh, chit chat. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I like his little experiments he does, but, um, so yeah, we've been talking about CF summit a lot lately. Um, but, one cool thing was that the specialist program it was pretty interesting. You know, you had the online videos, you had the in-person uh, one-day pre-conference, and they had the test. And so Gray Desmond actually wrote three different blog posts and posted them on the Adobe Cold Fusion blog, and basically giving his thoughts and opinions on how it went. And so he talked about the online segment, the in-person segment, and then the test. So he's got three blog posts there running through it all. So if you guys are interested in how it was or what you you know, like how it went, 
uh, it's a pretty good article. So, you know, he talks about some of the tricky questions in the test, how it was an open book, you know, and how the online videos had a lot of good content and, and everything. So, I mean, it sounds like a positive thing, but if you want to find out more details, then, uh, definitely go check those three blog posts out. So if you go to the coldfusion.adobe.com, I'm sure you'll see them all there. Um, he's or posted. the show notes. Bada boom, bada yep. bing. All the show notes. Uh, but we'll have all those there. So, <laughs> So a lot of good stuff. All right. We also have a, another blog from Matt Gifford, which I, the first time getting to meet Matt, uh, was really cool. I've met him at CF summit. Um, him and I had actually worked on a few orders projects back, um, a few years ago. And, um, it was just him and I working on the project. So, you know, we were communicating all the time, but we'd never actually met. And, um, I think he was actually surprised at how big a dude I was because, you make me look look very skinny on on the podcast, and I appreciate that. So <laughs> I wish I could make myself look skinny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, once you once you add me and adjust me in there, then I change it on my end to make just kind of scratch. Yeah. Nah, uh, but yeah, so Matt's talking about using Java to create CFML dot wave files. Um, so well, actually, the audio player for wave files. Ooh, oh, oh, so man, I can't read. Yeah. You take it away, Gav. Yeah, so it was just a little uh, project. And so he was just messing around with the audio player um, stuff in the browser. And so he came up with this little thing called CF Wave Player on his lunch break. So Matt Matt likes to play around too. So it's pretty cool. So if you want to you know, look at that, uh, maybe challenge yourself to try and make one and then see what he did there. Um, but it's a pretty cool yeah. little thing. Yeah, and a little history about Matt. Um, he he's actually written a book on um, object-oriented uh, cold fusion. Um, yeah. And so all of his approaches of things that you see, like if you look at this code here, he's he's sharing is all modernized object-oriented approach. So uh, it's definitely cool. Um, yeah, for sure. Consistent and modernized way of doing things, and uh, and he, he shares yeah. a lot of stuff too. Um, there's a lot of API wrappers. He, he's big on APIs and and wrappers, so they're all over Forgebox. He shares a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah. so also, um, Charlie had that blog post on that CF meetup perspective speakers FAQ. So that's in the show notes as well. So you can, you know, find out more. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool because there's a couple of thousand members are in that CF meetup group online. It's kind of crazy. when you think about it, everyone says there's nobody in cold fusion anymore, but it's a lot but of people. Here we all are. Yep. And there's a lot of cool ones there, a lot of recordings. So Go check that out, but that's on the carehout.org blog. Ooh, speaking of that, a lot of people in Cold Fusion, I saw more, and this is great, I saw more female developers at CF Summit this year than I think I've ever seen. And so that, you know, whether or not they've been there um, developing for long or if they're new to the community, hey, we welcome you. And uh, it was just good to see, you know, um, I don't know the proper way of saying it. Without. It's a nice, diverse crowd. That's what, yeah, it was good. To, it was good to see. Yeah. Uh, more than just geeky guys like myself um, there and Gavin. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to call you guys geeky, but if I'm a geek, you're a geek too. Right. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Cool. All yep. right. What else do we have? It looks like we got some of these here. It might be a, a repetition. Well, so, so Ben Adele, um, he had an embarrassing confession. So I won't tell you what the confession was, but we'll just say that he was playing with lists and operations with the, the Redis and Lucy. So he was basically working on, um, you know, just playing with that, seeing how the lists work. Cause they're not, they're not quite, uh, what he expected. 
So I'll let you read more about that, but it was uh, pretty interesting. So, um, yeah, he's been playing with Redis a lot lately with those their previous blog posts too. So if you want to go Whoa. check that out. Blocking read operation in Lucy 5294. I do need to check that out. I need to see what this is all about because that might be some of the issues that we're having with the Redis extension. And uh, Anyway, on yeah. to... On to the next one. So if you guys haven't heard enough about CF Summit, Nolan made a, a nice little recap for you. So he talks about the pre-conference and the conference and uh, everything included. So, um, you know, he compares the Hard Rock, which we had last year, versus the Mirage and everything. And, you know, clearly answers that uh, Cold Fusion's not dead. <laughs> so yep. if you uh, want to give a recap, you know, if you want somebody else's opinion in case we're biased over here, Nolan's got a nice review there on the SelfishAsset.com blog. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I've seen Nolan um, taking notes. Uh, so a lot of his recaps are actually um, done kind of live per se. Um, mm -hmm. So he's working on it as he goes. I, I know I, I uh, watched. I didn't really watch over him. I just saw him uh, into the box last year, or might have been the year before. And uh, you know, as things were coming up, he was taking notes. So everything he writes in there is very thorough uh, because he's it's pretty much as it's happening. Um, is is how he's note taking it and not not retro you know, retrospect of, of the summit. Um, yeah, this, this recap was just the, the summary, but he has about 12 or 15 different blog posts for all the different sessions he attended. Yeah. yeah. So definitely check them out. They're all on selfishester.com. Uh, we are joking last week that, uh, <laughs> he might knock off, uh, Matt Gifford and, uh, Ben Adele for the most blogs in a month. <laughs> because <laughs> pete friday was saying it you know if uh whoever wins is going to get their own section and uh like it might be it might be nolan <laughs> might be he's at might cf be. camp right now too so he's going to be writing up a whole bunch more so so however many sessions plus one um yep for sure yeah good deal we're look, looking forward to it nolan we, yep. we give you a hard time but we do appreciate it yeah for sure and so uh, pete had another little um recursively counting um on by extension on macro linux so another little unix uh takeaway which is pretty neat so um you know just like the other hint and tip was just a simple thing with grip this one here just you know says hey i only want to count the number of files that are javascript or something in a directory so this just yeah. lets you recursively go find those file types so pretty good um it is nice you know, little wish, tips wish, you know sometimes we should just share those little in, things is there anything in cold fusion similar to, to grip uh, aside from just doing a CF execute on the grip, I was just curious. I don't think there is. What you mean, like, like, like a find like you can or run a match or on a file? Yeah, I was just. Yeah, I mean, I know there's obviously it needs string access functions. To that level. Yeah, you'd have to look at the read functions. There might be something in there, but yeah, I mean, you can always drop down to Java. And there's all sorts of crazy stuff you can do in there, string true. buffers and and that type of stuff too. But I'm sure there are. Guess we'll look on CF Docs and find I out. I will look it up. I will look it up. Mm, good deal. All right. We also have a tweet from uh, Terry uh, Beard. Or Beard. Snack Boy, if you look at his Twitter Snack handle. Snack Boy. I thought that was I want to call you Snack Boy instead. I like that better. But uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Just talking about old school and new school CFML. Um, yeah. And basically. Moving to CF script. Yeah. And he's in. The, like the last bit, I wish I would have dived in CF script a lot earlier. Uh, you beat me to it. I was ready to, ready to chime that in. Um, yeah. I was the same way. Um, now, every time I, I pick up uh, something with just tag based in it, I just have to do a CF script tag and, and dump my my stuff in there because it just it hurts me now to write tag. I don't know why, but it just 
hurts my brain to write tag based uh, code. Don't I still get me do wrong. It for my views, yeah, for my exactly. views, I do it all day long. But when I get into logic, it's just I feel handicapped now. Yeah. Um, that could just be because I'm. Um, that's just me. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Yep. Uh, I wish I'd have done it sooner. And I think a lot of people like that. They're kind of scared of their tags and everything. But, you know, some of the syntax is a little weird, but 2020, Adobe 2020 is going to be, um, you know, ECMAScript compatible and everything. So we'll see how that changes things. But, I mean, much better for sure. So, yep. Um, Adobe CF Summit 2019. Uh, there's another recap here by Matt Clemente. So we'll let you read that. Uh, he had a couple sessions. So that's good. Um, also, Brad Wood, you know, he's always busy on uh, on Twitter fighting for ColdFusion's rights. And uh, he updated his blog post about vulnerabilities because there's a Java ColdFusion, Ruby on Rails, and .NET. And everyone always says ColdFusion's like insecure and got security problems. So he's actually uh, got several several blog posts he's done like five years ago. He updated it a couple more times, et cetera. And then uh, the most recent one is an update. So kind of interesting he has graphs and everything but it really shows that cold fusion isn't as bad as everybody thinks and to be honest adobe steps on that stuff so quickly because they have to mm -hmm. um you know like That's having awesome. a having a corporate company with a legal you know re requirement i think they jump on that stuff faster than all of these open source places because they have bigger ramifications mm -hmm. so yeah so he has that on his codesrevolution.com blog uh, but it's three different links we have there in the show notes yeah. Yep. And uh, also, uh, Matt Gifford's got a, another uh, blog post um, about um, IP API, um, basically doing geolocation for, you know, IP addresses and things like that. Um, well, that's cool. I wonder if he's, a, he's yeah, a big wonder, rapper, rapper yeah. guy. We're going <laughs> yeah, to call exactly. him uh, Matt the Rapper. Yep. But uh, um, that, yeah, I'm curious because, uh, you know, IPs and they're always dealing with that type of stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what that that actual api looks like but very cool so yeah and it returns a json response so hey that's all you need to know that's good stuff yep i don't yeah. know how i don't know how um accurate it is that's all going to be dependent on the services utilized I, I would assume um yeah but yeah definitely definitely we're checking that out and uh matt's also oh great so adventures with cb streams can't that's talk too much about where <laughs> But our, one of our first projects that Matt and I worked on was uh, also implementing CB streams, and um, it was quite interesting. So it looks like he's got a blog post about all the hiccups because I know. Well, actually, this is the third. He actually has a little series called Adventures with CB Streams. He had two that we talked about last week. This is the third one. So, see, you're learning about something on the show, too. I am because I've been out of pocket, man. Yeah. So he's, uh, well, he's also done like 15 blog posts in 15 days, I swear. So uh, <laughs> he's got a lot out there. But yeah, this one just talks about reducing and mixing with CB streams. And for those you don't know, CB streams allows you to basically, you know, iterate over um, streams of data and, and allows even for infinite streams, which is pretty neat. It drops down into the Java libraries and the CB streams module allows you to do it in cold fusion. So it's, it's pretty slick. Um, it's kind of for, for nobody, for anybody that doesn't quite understand, kind of think, um, uh, think about looping over 500 actions with a CF transaction and then waiting for every one of those to get results back and then populating something. So it allows you to do that, you know, multi, um, stream of data, um, yeah. at the same time. That's 
basically what CB Streams is about. And uh, yeah. once you get the concept of it, it, it was a little difficult at first to kind of grasp the concept. But once we grasp the concept of it, you know, CB Streams is really stinking powerful and helpful for basically utilizing the full capacity of, of the server. You know, why wait for something to get a response when you could just fire off 20, 30, 40 requests and wait for them all to come back yeah. at one time. So. Yeah, Luis Mahano, you know, loves making these modules for for Cold Fusion based on the Java stuff, and hopefully one day the engines support it too. But this CB Streams module, I, I think he even presented it into the box this year on it, so there may be a video uh, available there for that too. But CB Streams, yeah, great, um, definitely should check it out in that series of by Matt's. I'm actually reading it too because you know I like seeing the practical guide too. You know, so I like seeing those examples. And yeah, practical guide is way more beneficial than the very first uh, documentation that that was produced. It was like, uh, what does this mean? Yeah, very theoretical <laughs> stuff. I, I like to be able to play with it. You know, that's how uh, I, I learn. So, but speaking of playing with things, uh, yeah. Alas, poor York. York. Yep, he's been busy again. He's got a lot of uh, blog posts there on that Cold Fusion uh, blog, but he's got an alternative Sequoia query. Uh, you know, he says it's been a useful tool, but with modern CFML, we don't you need to use it anymore. So he shows you why you, you you know you shouldn't use it, but also how you should get away from using it. So I think that uh, is a good little blog post because you know Cold Fusion is really good at doing queries because it uses you know the database to do the query. But when you start doing queries on the query, that's not what and Cold, Cold Fusion, was Fusion built for. is not a database engine engine period yeah it connects um, to database engines and it, they do that job well but when you're querying right. a query you're using cold fusion query engine and it's not good and there's lots of problems with it it's very really okay. slow so don't so right. and basically <laughs> where he where he takes this to is um you know it's taking the query and essentially it'll, it'll run into an array of structs for your data um, and then you're using the you know member functions or whatnot to do your sorting or you know reducing essentially you know, yeah. Matt reduce. Um, and that's way more efficient, way more efficient. Yeah. Because, exactly. because then you're just dealing with basic structure, you know, arrays and structs instead of a whole different object, which has so much other garb on it to make the engine work just faster. So check that out. Yep. And, um, all right. On to a section here of the show called CFML jobs. And, uh, most of these are posted at getcfmljobs.com. Yep, it's got a cool little Twitter client that uh, pops them up there too. So we got a few that were released new, but if you want them all, go to CFML, get cfmljobs.com. You can see a full list. But yeah. looks like they had a Cold Fusion developer for good to go auto insurance in Philadelphia. And right, just looking at four years' experience. Um, cool. And uh, but it's in Blue Bell, Pennsylvania. Are you nice. sure that's not Blue Ball, Pennsylvania? I'm not sure. Because there's a, a oh shit, there is one blue ball Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't know on, what do we have here. There's also one in Australia too. So just uh, in Melbourne, Victoria, uh, they're looking for a Cold Fusion developer. So they're wanting somebody with software analysis, development, design skills, and Cold Fusion. Um, there's also one in Reno, Nevada, uh, and so yeah. So it looks like uh, Clear Capital in Reno, looking for a talented and highly motivated individual uh, to join their team. Um, so yeah, so there, there's job descriptions are all available there through getcfmljobs.com if you want to find out more. Cool. Yeah, so, and um, Michael was correcting us here. The uh, query query doesn't actually use the uh, CF engine, like CF as a query engine. 
Uh, he, he says he thinks it's using a memory-based engine uh, like H2 or, or something similar. Really? Either way, it still sucks. That was my comment back. It still sucks. Uh, okay. So, uh, well, yeah, if it does, up. then it has to generate, you know, generate a table, input the data, and then run the query, and then pull it back out. So there's there's obviously time involved in doing all that. Right. So, uh, but that's interesting. Yeah, I never thought about under the hood, but. I mean, yeah, it's to me, it was just internal. So yeah, it's good to know. Thank yeah. you for that. Well, that's interesting for sure. Cool. All well, right. let's get to, uh, the Forgebox mod of the week. And speaking of Michael, Michael Bourne, uh, <laughs> we decided to pick his, uh, CF stocky module. So, yeah. So this, this module here is, uh, basically just an API wrapper for, uh, you know, stock quotes and all. Um, but the, the biggest reason for us showcasing this was uh, he did a Twitch video of him doing live code of building this API. And uh, there's a lot of good practices here. You can even see, you know, some issues where, you know, he may have stumbled around and kind of, you know, the, the thought process and how he, uh, you know, was able to, you know, fix or remedy a problem that he'd come up against. So, you know, that's the reason why we're showcasing this today. And, uh, you, know, you could apply the same concept for your own module. You know, if you've got another API wrapper that you want to, to look at, I mean, you you basically basically all API wrappers are equivalently the same, unless you know, the same concept at least. And uh, yeah. this would be a good one to start from for for doing your own. So. Yeah. So if you watch the videos, you know, see how he goes and builds it and everything. Uh, I think it's pretty neat. So we sent, we've got sharing his link to the Twitch videos there. I think there's actually a couple of videos he did because he set himself a goal to try and finish the entire API wrapper in a certain time period. Uh, and I don't think he quite finished it, but he got a long way. And then he, you know, he came back and did some more, but that's available on Forgebox. So it's called CF Stocky. And if you do anything with stock markets, it sounds like it's a pretty cool little API actually. Uh, some good yeah, information. Yeah, not saying it's useless. Um, it's just I don't I don't deal with. <laughs> didn't mean that, Michael. I just don't deal with stocks much, right? So uh, for me, um, but but there's more benefit for anybody who doesn't utilize the stock market or need that. They can benefit from this uh, more ways than just the stock market, right? Yep, so. that's pretty cool though. It looks like he's using Hyper too, which is one of the modules we've mentioned previously on the Forgebox module of the week. So good job yeah. and uh, yeah, pretty cool. And he's trying to do more of these live coding sessions on Twitch. So, you know, follow him on Twitter and, uh, you know, keep an ear out for when they're happening. I think he does them usually Wednesday about four o'clock Pacific time, I believe, uh, but I'm not sure exactly. So anyways. Uh Four o'clock Pacific. He's Eastern time though. So uh, yeah, so I think seven. it's like six or seven at night. Yeah. It's when he gets off of work or so and had yeah. dinner and tried to rock and roll again. So good deal. Yeah. So for so. your Eastern time zone guys, seven o'clock ish on Wednesdays and yep. Hyper is awesome. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Hyper is awesome. And we thank Eric Peterson for writing hyper. Uh, for those of you who don't know, hyper is a, uh, Cobots module that is basically, um, a how would you say an object-oriented way of doing CFHTTP without all the repetitive, redundant garbage you have to do just to do a CF or, or any HTTP request. Um, you know, if you've ever done a, a curl, you know, there's a lot of bloat, right? Um, yep. And also, there's a module too that I've been working on that actually converts curl to hyper. So if you have a curl string, which we all get from APIs. Bam, we can copy and paste that into a little uh, tool that I was uh, working on, and it'll convert that to hyper for you. So really cool. Have you posted that yet? Yeah, I got a little bug I need to work out. I may need to yeah. get some help. So if anybody's interested and is good with JavaScript, um, 
and wants to work on hyper and work on this little uh, conversion with me hey hit me up Shoot yeah that'd be a cool up. little module to get out on forgebox so people could use that because yeah curl to hyper definitely a, a big big plus so yeah so very cool okay well, let's right. look at the vs code hint tip and trick of the week so this is something that uh Ville de Buren actually submitted a while back we asked people for what vs code extensions they're using and this is one i just installed just recently and it's pretty cool it's the shell launcher and so this one has about forty-six thousand installs it's got five stars and what it allows you to do is easily launch multiple shell configurations in your terminal so it recommends you use um, a shortcut Control shift T so you can set that up in your sh shortcuts or whatever you want to set up, but allows you to basically quick launch any of the shells you have. So by default on Windows and Linux and Mac OS, you have all these pre, pre set up ones when you install it, but allows you to configure them too. So when I'm on Windows, I get my git bash, I get my, um, you know, the, the Windows Linux subsystem. I get my command and PowerShell and everything like normally happens in there. But I can also but set wait, up new there's ones. more. Yep. But wait, there's more. Billy Mays here. Yep. So I can also add like command box in there. So I can add that. But the cool thing is, is you can also set it up with command arguments. So instead of just running command box and open up the window, I can actually set one up for my launcher. So I can go control shift T and then push like down arrow and enter to sit, pick my second one. And that could be my CF formatter. Or I could have another one for running NPM commands that I run all the time. So I could just have a shortcut to start up, you know, PowerShell in my terminal inside of VS Code and instantly run my NPM run watch. Or So what you're telling me, Gavin, <laughs> is that you can pass the arguments basically of the exact file. So like in the CF formatter, it'll actually allow you to... Can you pass the argument of the open document for it to run on so that it'll format just that particular document or have you played with that part yet? Well, you have to set the arguments inside your workspace settings, you know, or your user settings. So, Are there dynamic but, variables, do you know? Uh, not on that one, I don't think. But okay. I mean, you could, yeah. We could do a pull request. Yeah. So the That'd cool thing cool. is, yeah, you can basically set up a launcher to launch whatever. So obviously I like just having the ability to make command box at the top of my list. So I can just do control shift T enter and I'm already open a box, you know, or if I wanted to do PowerShell, but yeah, I mean, all those commands I run all the time, like NPM run watch or box start or whatever, like all these things that I do all the time, I can basically make them into a shortcut now and I can just pop up in a new terminal, whichever terminal I want set up the way I want and I can run it. So if I want to run my test box, um, watch. So if I want to start running my test in the terminal. Now I can just go control shift T choose my test box runner, click it. And now it's running my test box watch, man. So, I've got one for you. Docker EXEC dash <laughs> I T slash Ben bash. Like that's going to be a good one there. Cause yeah. how many times have you wanted to just log directly into your uh, Docker? And I know there are Docker, commands or docker plugins from vs code that allow you to do that but man if you if you've got something that's more flexible and you know we're all little hackers here anyway you can just hack it and make this thing work and you don't have to have an extra extension for docker you know this could be kind of like your um your list of shortcuts commands yeah. so cool stuff man for sure well, that's so. uh that's wrapping up we got the the fun part here right yep patron supporters uh we're running a little bit late today so we're not going to go and read everybody but Everyone is, you know, we greatly support, uh, thank all our supporters for your support. Uh, you know, the podcast, 
fuse uh forge box all our open source tools and documentation is all supported by this these wonderful patreon supporters uh if you guys want to become a patreon supporter like yourself andrew uh, there's lots of packages available you know small to large depending on if you're individual or company so on the orders.com slash about us dash slash sponsors you can find out more about it and how to become a sponsor and uh we appreciate all your help the you know the little a little donation goes a long way and uh we appreciate it so yep, thank absolutely. you everybody and yeah obviously uh those of you at cf camp have a great week those of you are not um sorry but let's watch some videos and pretend we're there man you know what we should have coordinated with cf camp to do a moment of silence and just pause and everybody listen to the podcast that would have been awesome yeah, I was trying to try. They got and get, better things to do, though. I guess. Yeah, I was going to try and get Brad to be a special third uh, host today from from over there, but uh, he's probably drinking orange juice and having lots of fun with the guys. So, yeah, and hey, girls, and <laughs> yeah. So good yep. deal. Well, everybody over at CF Camp, y'all y'all have fun, and everybody in India, I uh, hope you're enjoying or going to be enjoying the uh, the sessions there. And uh, I guess stay tuned for next week. Yep. Have a great week, everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.